for me to present or lecture or educate, whatever you want to call it, I have to be educated myself. The future of dentistry belongs to the innovators. Welcome to Innovation in Dentistry. I'm your host, Sean Zayas, and I believe that the future of dentistry is going to be unbelievably great over the next decade and two decades, but the question isn't that. The question is, are you going to be part of what makes dentistry great? Here I am, and I get the honor and privilege of getting to interview Dr. Chad Duplantis. And before I set you up, Chad, uh, if it's okay if I call you Chad, let me first just welcome you. Thank you so much for letting me interview you today. Oh, thank you very much. Sorry, it was a little laggy there, so I didn't know if uh, if you stalled out or what, but thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So, Chad, innovation is pretty broad. Like, it could be clinical, it could be technological, lots of different things. But for this podcast, I am obsessed with what is it that almost gives dental professionals permission to pioneer positive change. Um, being a hygienist, being an office manager, being a dentist is more than enough. It's a fulfilling career, but I find more often than not that dental professionals somehow, uh, like yourself almost are like, yeah, but there, there's more I can, I can step up. I can lead, I can provide more value. And that's exactly what you've done with dinks among other things. So I just want to know, like, why, why did you step up and start innovating and pioneering? Well, you know, I think it goes to anything is that you, um, you, you find a profession or, or something and just anything in life that you're either really good at or you really enjoy. And, um, you know, when you look around, you see people that are struggling um, with that same profession or, or that same aspect of life. And you think that maybe that there's a way that you could enlighten them or help them and show them things that maybe enriched you and bettered you along your journey. And so um, I would say that's probably the, the why, you know, as far as I'm concerning, just, just trying to relay my passion, my excitement, um, you know, in what I do to others and, uh, and why I'm passionate and excited about it. You like dentistry, I feel like is a, is a strange industry. Maybe as a dentist, you don't feel that way, but as an outsider, I'm like, man, you, what's expected of you as a dentist is so difficult. Like you're not just a medical professional, like a, like a doctor that just has to prescribe. You're the surgeon, right? Um, and yet the same exact time, because things haven't consolidated completely, you're still a small business owner. Um, when you got thrust into dentistry, were you aware of like, I don't know, just the craziness that comes with managing your own business. No, not at all. And, and I think that, um, I mean, I think you knew some of it, but I don't think you know the extent of it or know how it can impact your career. I mean, there's, there's dentists out there that are really good clinically and there's dentists out there that are really good on the business sense. And there's dentists that, are a great combination of both. And um, unfortunately, I don't know that I'm the world's best businessman. I'll be the first to tell you that. Um, I think I've, I've got a decent business sense about me and I know more than, than others who aren't in business for themselves. But uh, by and large, I've learned the business aspect of it from you know the school of hard knocks. I mean, I don't think we're really taught that uh, very well in dental school. It's it's, you know, talked about, but I don't think we're, we're really taught to as well. So, uh, that's a long answer to your short question, but the, sh the short answer is no, I don't think I was prepared for everything that I was being thrust into. And I think that's the same with a lot of dentists that are out there. So basically like the listeners here, my whole contention to them is that I know dentistry is going to be great. Like, that's not my question. My question specifically to that listener is, are they going to be part of what makes dentistry great? Like, are they going to all of a sudden go, Hey, I keep seeing a problem, whether it's with insurance or whether it's with the community and dentistry or whether it's with people knowing what's going on. I, I don't know what specific area. And then all of a sudden going, well, why not? Why not me? 
And I feel like that's exactly what you and the two doctors that you guys formed dinks with, like what happened with that. Uh, but could you just tell me a little bit about the story of how you guys started dinks and, and what dinks is up to? Yeah. So, uh, dinks for those of you that don't know is a dentist in the know. And, um, it's, <clears throat> it was kind of a passion project, you know, uh, March of 2023. I don't know if anybody remembers that far back, but there was apparently this virus going around that. Okay. Uh, you just said 2023 or 2020, 2020. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Scratch that. Let's go back to March of 2020. There was apparently a virus going around that had a profound impact on our profession. And so, you know, you, you sit there and at the time I would say that I was at the height of a speaking career. Uh, at least I was on an upward trend and I was very, very, very busy. And my practice was very busy. Uh, my family and I left for a vacation and um, as, as we were leaving for vacation, we were joking in the airport uh, about I had grabbed some masks from the office because I don't think we really knew what all was really going on. And then we came back a week later and uh, I basically had no job to go to. So, you know, you're sitting there in 2020 and you're like, what else could go wrong? You know, you think, you think, uh, you know, what's, what, what's possibly the worst day of my life. And here we are in this day of mass confusion. Um, I've got a family to feed. I've got no business to speak of. Everybody is on the schedule. Some people are fearful. Some people are not, but basically you're just taking all the dollars out of your own pocket by, um, by order of the government. So anyhow, fast forward. Um, I will say that what I thought was one of the worst days of my career actually ended up being one of the best. I mean, if you think about it, how many of us are going to take that much time off of work and have a forced reset and a forced new outlook on life? And um, so sitting around for a few weeks, um, we started looking at what dental education was going to look like. And that was obviously going to be very different. What practice was going to look like that was obviously going to be very different. We all knew that at some point in time, we'd go back to work, but were we going to be walking in looking like Martians or were we, we going to be walking in, you know, to a, a practice as usual? So, you know, we spent a lot of time at the office making changes, spent a lot of time at home thinking about what the future looks like. And throughout this process, Mind you, I had this speaking career that was on an upward trend. I had great relationships with manufacturers. Uh, we didn't know what their positions were going to look like with the economy and, and what could happen. And so a buddy of mine and I were talking, Dr. Jeff Horowitz, and we said, hey, what can we do you know, during this pandemic that could be beneficial to the profession? And uh, Jeff says, I've been thinking of like a TV show type of deal where we bring manufacturers, we bring educators, we bring dentistry kind of the forefront and share the people, you know, <laughs> I almost feel like I'm reading the Bible, but share the good news that's been shared with us over the past several years and how we, how, how dentistry has impacted us. And so he said that, and I said, dude, that's like exactly what I've been thinking, you know, how, how could we do this? And I was like, well, you know, other people have Facebook forums, you know, maybe we could do that. So that idea kind of went into motion and, and obviously the, the original vision has changed, but, um, we were already back in the office. Um, we were on air. I think our first show was around July 4th of 2020, not 2023. And uh, I think since July 4th of 2020, every Wednesday night we do this. And I think we've missed maybe twice that we didn't have a show, uh, three times at worst, but we've always aired something or something and uh, something relevant that maybe we had pre-recorded. But, you know, it's... Uh, it's been a, a fun journey. Well, and, so. and I love, I love the fact that like, like no one came to you and said, Hey, you should do this. No. One, and then no one also came with this whole idea of, by the way, Chad, it, it's going to work. Like, like here's the guarantee that if you step up and try something unique, it's going to work. 
and you've made massive impact and really inspired and made such a big difference in dentistry from what I've seen. Um, and yet that's the beauty about innovation is that no one's going to be able to actually say, oh, this is going to work. You have to grapple with, with the unknown. Um, before we kind of dive a little bit more into that aspect, when did you start actually speaking and how did that come about? Uh, cause I'm really curious, um, if you kind of always knew, Hey, as a clinician, I think I'm a good communicator and maybe I can start leading. Um, or even if in the beginning of that career, did you have like the whole, I don't know, like, can, can I do this? What if, like, did you have the whole self doubts or imposter syndrome or were you just pretty much self-assured and you're like, I got this? No, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I was asked by somebody last week who wants to get into speaking and I think, um, I kind of fell into it. So my, my journey in, in speaking or education started, I, I knew I always wanted to teach. And I, I actually, when I graduated, I taught at the dental school here in Dallas for two years, uh, really enjoyed it, but it was, it was kind of a, a time grab. Um, you know, it was every Monday, it was a Monday out of my practice as my practice started getting busier. I didn't have the time to dedicate going into Dallas, which is a bit of a drive, you know? Uh, and, uh, so, so that kind of, uh, dwindled. And then, um, I guess it was, uh, 2012, 2013, I started doing some things for 3M and 3M gave me my first dental speaking opportunity and it was product driven and it ended up being a lot of fun. And then, um, you know, as I was talking before, I, I, I have a, a young dentist that wants to start speaking. And I think you've got to find your niche. I mean, you know, I can go out there and promote a product as long as the day is, but people don't want to hear that, nor do they get education from that. So you've got to find your niche in dentistry and your message. And uh, it may be multiple messages. Multiple messages are okay, especially if you're a general dentist. Um, and, and, I, and I think that, you know, I found you know, what I'm passionate about, what I'm, what I'm good about. And I would say that my speaking journey has made me a better dentist because in order for me to present or lecture or educate, whatever you want to call it, I have to be educated myself. And so when I started doing these deep dives, I really, you know, like, you know, they, they asked me to, talk about a cement one time and this is in 2016 2017 and i was like yeah i can do that but am i selling cement or am i teaching people how to cement a restoration and so i just started this really self-driven deep dive into dental cementation and i and i found that okay i know it sounds kind of boring to somebody who's not in dentistry but i found out why why things fail you know and and why things succeed and, um, uh, and I've continued that journey. And so, uh, I, I've taught myself a lot more than I ever would have, uh, if I didn't take that journey into speaking. Now in the beginning, like, did you feel like you had to, I don't know, like show some sort of credentials? Like if you don't have a speaking career, everyone has to start somewhere. So in the beginning, was it more of like, a, yeah, I'll speak there. You're raising your hand or when what, was it 3M that came to you? Um, did they come to you again because you were already getting known clinically? Like, how did that birthplace even begin? Like, how did that opportunity show up? Well, that's a that's a deep question. Um, and I'll explain that in a minute. But really, uh, 3M had this panel. They have they have several different panels of dentists, but they had one that was called the Council for Innovative Dentistry. And those dentists are sought out by sales representatives. They're not necessarily speakers uh, at that point in time, uh, but maybe the sales representative sees, okay, this dentist is a little bit cutting edge, if you will, and they would probably make a good addition to the 3M portfolio. So I always joke, the Council for Innovative Dentistry is, is, is where they find the... Uh, the four out of five dentists that like certain toothpaste and like certain cements and stuff like that, because really it's a consumer panel. It's a, it's a panel okay. of their consumers. And then um, that's kind of where it started. And what's really funny is that when I started 
the Council for Innovative Dentistry, which was in 2004. It's a four, it was, I don't know what it is now, but it was a four year rotation, uh, fly you up to 3M, you learn about their products and, um, you give a lot of valuable feedback on what drives a consumer to purchase 3M products. I met some of the most powerful lecturers through that, that went on from that consumer panel, if you will, to become key opinion leaders or quote unquote experts within the industry. And so that's where it really kind of evolves. Some people become key opinion leaders because they're already speaking, because they're already innovative, uh, because people they have a captive audience. And some people become key opinion leaders because, you know, the, the company sees something in them, um, you know, that that could put them to that next level. So that's how it started for me was when I was a key opinion leader, that's when they started asking me to go out and speak on certain products and and whatnot. And, um, and, and then I, I gradually you drift away, although there are certain products that are going to be evident in your presentation, you, you drift away and become more of an educator than a, than a, than a speaker per se. And that's, that's what my goal is always to be as a, as an educator. So. So since you knew kind of identity wise, like, Hey, I, I feel like I've, I'm an educator. You'd already been doing stuff at in Dallas. Um, when these opportunities came up, you kind of just settled into like, hey, this is my time. Um, I can embrace this. And it seemed like you must have been good if all of a sudden then the demand is going up for Dr. Chad Duplantis. Um, sorry, I think I said it wrong. No, uh, Dr. Mel, Dr. Mel Gibson. Um, so, so for those of you that have never met uh, Chad in person, you could do a double take, maybe even a triple take. And be like, is that is that Mel Gibson? Is this William Wallace? Because... You know, you've got those striking, manly, handsome features. I'm just, I just got to throw that out. I, hey, I appreciate that. I'll take William Wallace any day, all day long. I do like Mel Gibson. Um, uh, I was actually, when I was visiting Japan in dental school, I was asked to sign an autograph as Mel Gibson. And I had to let them know that I was not Mel Gibson and I did not even have gray hair at the time. So it was, it was kind of funny. But, okay, so I didn't know. I'm not the original that said this. You get this all the time. Uh, not all the time, but I have heard it from time to time. So, <laughs> your, does your wife like roll her eyes, like, "Oh, here we go again"? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. She's, uh, she's, she doesn't see it. So I just kind of roll with it. <laughs> yeah. So, have uh, you ever felt at odds with the, um, the perspective as a clinical? dentist as an educator and the way that you show up in that sense versus as the business owner, um, entrepreneur, um, like, do you ever see those mindsets or lenses coming at odds with each other or, or for you, is it kind of one and the same? Yeah, I guess you do. Um, I mean, you always want to practice what you preach. Um, but you know, I, 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 I think that, um, you know, I, I've always practiced in a way that I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do anything deceptive when I'm lecturing. Um, and I don't know that, I mean, I'm not calling anybody out for certain, but, um, you know, you always want to, you always want to practice what you preach. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing. And, and that's what, what makes people good educators is that, you know, I'm going to show you the way that I do it, come to my office and you're going to see the exact same thing, you know? So, well, I, I guess I meant more in terms of like, um, when you're doing things clinically, my guess, again, not a dentist here yeah. is that you're trying to reduce risk, reduce liability. And I I'm sure there's room for innovation, but it's, it's in more of a macro a micro sense because you want to follow best practices for most reliable outcomes. I'm I'm guessing like, does that sound at all like kind of a mindset or a way of looking at clinical dentistry? Yeah. I mean, you always want to follow best practices and my biggest advice is, uh, to follow best practices. You have to do something that dentists are horrible at absolutely horrible at it. It's reading instructions. <laughs> and I'm serious. I'll say that a hundred times in a lecture, but you know, yeah, I mean, you know, yes, I am very liability averse. I want to make sure that I, I do whatever I can to, you know, to make sure that I'm doing things the right way. Um, I guess I'm answering your question. I'm not sure. 
Well, no, no. So you're just confirming, which is setting yeah. me up for what I'm, what I'm like, here is my contention is that uh, anyone that then starts pioneering or starts embracing more of that, I'm an entrepreneur or I'm a visionary entrepreneur that wants to pioneer positive disruption. Well, now you're, you're balancing with this tension of, I need to almost like fail as fast as possible because I don't actually know what the marketplace is going to reward. Yeah. Um, I don't actually know what's going to get traction. How do I need to like, like, so within the confines of ethical, yeah, ethical innovation, um, there's not a lot of rules. And I'm just saying, contrasting that to um, ethical clinical dentistry, where it's like, well, yeah, you're not really doing something crazy out of the box because you could really get in trouble for that. So that's all I'm saying is like, in one sense, you're again, limiting liability. On the other way, it's like, well, no, you have to embrace massive risk in order to get massive reward. And like, what things you guys didn't know that was going to work or did that, did that just seem like a, a small step for you? Cause to me, that was a big deal for you guys to step up and lead the way you did. And even with such a consistency to it. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I, th I, I think that, um, I don't think we ever realized, I, I don't think we ever thought that we were taking a real risk with Dinks, you know, mm -hmm. but I will say this is that, okay, so I've mentioned my business partner, Dr. Jeff Horowitz. I have not mentioned yet my biz, other business partner in, in Dinks, Dr. Jennifer Bell. I, if, if Jeff and I had started this venture alone, um, you know, here we are three years into the pandemic three and a half years almost into the pandemic or if, i don't know if we're out of it i don't know what the hell is going on anymore but anyways you know what i'm saying three and a half years yeah. ago this virus came around now uh i don't even know if people test themselves anymore um but if if we hadn't have brought on dr jennifer bell jeff and i would have probably lasted three months because you know you get into something you do something and it becomes kind of boring you know, whereas what Jennifer Bell brought, you want to talk about innovation. Jennifer Bell has brought a whole new level of innovation and she's really kept this idea very young. Um, we had two full days of business meetings this past weekend and, you know, we started talking about an exit strategy, you know, okay, what, what is, what does an exit strategy look like? And the funny thing is, is that this is a great lesson for any practice owner. You always need an exit strategy or any business owner. You always need an exit strategy. It doesn't mean that you're going to exit tomorrow, but you need to know what the future looks like. And at some point in time, everything's going to come to an end. I don't want to be doing this when I'm 90 years old. I'm sorry. I love what I do, but I'd like to have a life after dentistry. So, you know, we started talking about an exit strategy and it's funny, we both started, we all started kind of talking about it and we all take this mindset, look at one another and be like, wait a second, are we calling it quits? No, no, we're not calling it quits. We're just trying to figure out what our end game is. You know, do we want something that's going to sell for money? Because if we do, then we've got to redirect a little bit. Do we feel that there will be value? Uh, are we going to hand it off to our kids? None of our kids are going to be dentists that we know of. Uh, Jeff's aren't, mine aren't. Jennifer's got three young ones. Maybe they will be. I don't know. Are we going to hand it off to another, you know, um, let's call them an influencer in dentistry? But what does it look like for us? Or are we just going to ride off into the sunset, close the chapter in the book and move on, you know? And so, um, you know, Jennifer has really kept us young. And I think that developing that edge exit strategy or that end game is also part of our innovation. It helps us direct where we need to innovate and where we need to change. Um, and I think that she's really the mastermind behind some of the good things that we're doing. I mean, you know, we started off as a Facebook group and that was it. And now um, we've expanded. The Facebook group is, is larger than it once was but our, our goal growths aren't there. Our goal growths are elsewhere, Instagram, YouTube, podcast. That's where our goal growths are. And so, um, you know, dentistry, your side gig, whatever, there's always got to be constant innovation. You know, and, and I love that you guys are unafraid to talk about the end game because, um, 
it's like it makes sense when it comes to dentistry no one's wanting to put 30 years into their practice and then be like well yeah but at the end of the day like i don't want anything for it it's like are you kidding me like mm -hmm. you want it to be sellable for the moment you want to walk away or or hand it to someone like meaning why would you not right yeah uh, but yet oftentimes people are like wait the fact that you're thinking about an end um there's just all these bad connotations sometimes of like well that means you can't be authentic now because you're thinking about being greedy at the end and it's like well no not at all yeah. if you just sailed into the sunset and stopped doing this what you guys have created has actual value because it has traction because it has eyeballs because it has following like people in dentistry vendors will pay for eyeballs like that's yeah. just the nature of the game right <laughs> you know the influence you're stewarding is valuable to people and trying to figure out exactly where you guys want to go with that, I think is, um, is really, really prudent. And that's what I'm saying. Like the whole business mindset is, is sometimes different than, than just kind of the, the game that you'd play as a dentist, because maybe it is expected that people are like, yeah, I'm going to sell my practice. Um, but that's why even, you know, I'm talking to Victoria Peterson and she's like, yeah, it's different to like sell your practice than to actually have like an investment grade practice where you can get it for a multiple that's, yeah. You know, instead of selling it for, you know, 700 or 1.2, we're talking, are you wanting to sell it for like 2.5, you know, because there's a multiple because you've structured everything right and EBITDA or EBITDA looks a certain way. Um, and it's like the business side of things sometimes can be intimidating or I don't know, like the whole, like I, someone was talking to me the other day, like, hey, can we do an exchange of services? Because I don't know anything about podcasting. And I'm thinking what is there to know about podcasting? Yeah. But it's only because I've been doing it for three years, you know, with, with, you know, the authentic dentist, my original podcast that to me, it's like, well, this doesn't seem challenging at all, but to, to an outsider, it's like, well, I don't know how to syndicate it. I don't know how to, you, you know, all the, even like what you guys are doing with things going live once yeah. a week. Some people don't know how to do that. And you guys might take it for granted. The fact that you had a successful Facebook group that actually got a following. Like, yeah. Chad, that's a big deal. Like, that's awesome. Well, no, I appreciate that. But you're, you're right. I mean, we didn't know how to go live the first time we did it. And, you know, we we used a one platform. That platform sucked. We've switched to another platform. That platform's okay. But, you know, I think it's one of the best ones out there. So it, you're right. It's <laughs> it, There's there's a lot of, of what ifs. And now we have a, a person that converts the episode into a podcast we have another person that converts the episode into a, a youtube segment and then we have a person that splits it we have a person that's doing our marketing so i always joke it although it, there's an income coming in it's the best non-paying job i've ever had <laughs> you know and maybe one day it will be paying but that's okay it's that's not what it's 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 there for you know so so i'm always fascinated by how how people handle adversity um and i think part of it is because the reason why a lot of people don't start something is because of the what ifs i what if i fail what if i fall flat on my face what if i get publicly publicly humiliated and and part of it's because it's hard to um embrace that like beginner's mindset or become like a newbie at something when on the one hand if everyone in your community knows you for clinical excellence and you're a respected dentist to then all of a sudden do something publicly where you're not respected and you don't have expertise yet it could be like i don't know like that's that's scary that that feels very insecure you know so then all of a sudden it's like well then how do i show up already as an expert well you you don't like you didn't show up as an expert with dinks knowing how to go live knowing how to you know host some sort of tv type thing where you interview people and yet you got like i don't think anyone was paying attention to the first or second episode or third episode saying all oh, these guys suck they don't know what they're doing mm -hmm. like but but that's like that's the the thing we hear you know in the back of our head like the, as the reasons why we don't step up step out what were some of the like was there a mindset that you had to shed over the last 10 years so that you could be where you're at today like some some mindset that was either trying to hold you back or play small yeah, I think I think it's a a mindset from um you know when I started in dentistry just as a dentist, you know, is that there's a couple things you need to get over. One is is dentists are usually at least the dentist that I went to as a child, I always saw dentists as kind of 
you know, community people, everybody loves them. You know, that's, that's why we chose our dentist. We moved to Houston years ago and we found out that there was this dentist that everybody loved. He was a nice guy and that's where we went. And, you know, we did the same thing when we moved to, uh, to Dallas, we found a dentist, we loved him. That's, that's where we went to. So I always thought dentists were just lovable people and, and, you know, they were, they were outgoing, they were talkative, they were, you know, just nice, nice people. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to start a practice with grace, compassion, understanding, you know, um, I wanted to be everybody's friend. And I think it was, it was real quick that I realized that you're providing a service that whether you like it or not, sometimes it's going to cause pain. Um, whether you agree or not, it's not an exact science. You're dealing with the human body. People heal different, differently. People have, you know, different outcomes from different treatment. And uh, I think the hardest thing to realize in the practice of dentistry was that you're not going to make everybody happy. No matter how hard you try, you are not going to make everybody happy. You're not going to be everybody's friend. Whether you like it or not, you're going to hurt somebody at some point in time. God forbid it be intentional. Um, and you've got to get over that. I mean, I had a lady that came in right around Christmas time. I told her that she needed three crowns. And to be honest with you, she probably needed 10. And she left the office that day and she called and she said she wanted her record sent to another dentist because all I was trying to do was get money out of her so that I could buy my kids Christmas gifts. And I will never, ever forget that because she doesn't know me and that's not who I am. Uh, I've always been very conservative. I've been probably conservative to a fault at times. And um, so once you realize that you're not going to be everybody's friend, then I think the world becomes a better place. You just, you just got to be you. You got to be you. If, if you feel... And, you know, if, if, if 95% of the people that you're around say that you're a pretty good person, then let's go with the 95% versus the five that say that you suck at life. And I think that that goes with speaking and that goes with, um, you know, uh, running dentist in the know. I mean, look at, if you want a humbling experience, look at your reviews from lectures. As long as 75 or 80% of them are positive, that's pretty good because there's going to be the, the people in the audience that never give a five, no matter how good it was, just because that's the way they are. And, you know, um, you know, you, you're going to get some comments on there that, you know, are untrue or whatever, but you know, you're not going to be everybody's friend. That's just the moral of the story. Not everybody's going to like you. And I think that that's where we go with, with dentist in the know. And once again, um, you know, knock on wood, we don't get any ra raging complaints or anything like that, but we get a lot of, Hey, that was a great show. Hey, thanks so much for sharing this. You know, Oh, we enjoy you guys's banter. You guys are funny. Thanks for bringing the news. Thanks for this. Thanks for that. And that's what keeps us going. It's the positives that keep us going. And, um, and, you know, like I said, it's just, just get over that stigma. And, and I think life is going to be much better for you and for everybody around you. I mean, there, there's so much you said there, Chad, that's just um, like kind of like worth repeating or breaking down. Like I know whenever you start anything, it's so natural. We're supposed to model, like you model a hero, someone you look up to, you know, even as kids, what you do is you model like what, how your parents act. Like that's just how we were you know, it was built in for us to learn. But then at some point you got to start realizing, well, but who, who am I? Like, how do I do dentistry or how, how do I want to do dentistry? Mm -hmm. And yes, I have a local market and a local community and, you know, I have services that pay the bills, but then how do I also kind of infuse my personality, my perspective, the way I want to do dentistry, where there's some alignment between the two. Cause maybe it's not like I can just talk about fishing all day long with my patients because I love fishing and somehow that's going to get the bills paid. Maybe it won't. Um, but still like, I, I love the fact that you stayed on that journey and you kind of found your authentic self in the practice of dentistry as a speaker, and then even as a contributor 
um, to Dinks. And, and I was just interviewing Brandy uh, Hooker Evans. And she's like, Sean, someone told me, and it helped me so much. Like, it's none of your business what other people think about you. And you don't, like, it, so what? And like, I feel like as I interview people, I, I don't want to say I get ministered to, but I get so blessed by hearing the breakthroughs that they've had because honestly, most of the time, that's the struggles that I still am having. Like, I don't like being misunderstood, Chad. I don't like it when someone doesn't know where I'm coming from, um, you know, and at the same time, I think that's probably limited the impact I could have had because I I overthought it or I knew that maybe if I did this one thing um, that could really help a lot of people, there's a chance that a good amount of people would also misunderstand. So because of that, I didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, you and, know, yeah. well, even, you know, what we talked about before, if somebody says you suck at life, you know, it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt anymore. You know, when, when people say that, it just means that I've got this mechanism that I'm just going to brush it off and I'm going to move on because you know what, that's one person, you know? So, um, you know, it, 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 it hurts, like you said, to be misunderstood and misinterpreted. Um, but in the end, that's a small thing in life. We've got much bigger things in life to worry about. Yeah, and I, I'm convinced now um, oh, people have tons of different views on regret. You know, I, I know it became popular a long time ago. Like, oh, I have no regrets. Live with no regrets. And yet, like, I think the power of regret when used the right way is amazing because when I look forward, I know I'm going to have more regrets over what I didn't do than the stuff that I did do that didn't pan out exactly like I thought it would, you know? Um, and, and so many times I know what's gotten me stuck is like, hey, the world's watching and they're going to see if I, I fall or if a launch isn't good enough and somehow the world's going to end. And it's just not true. Like, it's almost like nobody cares about, I don't know, like nobody, nobody cares about what you're doing until you give them a reason to. So the second you get haters is also the second you're making an impact, exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. You know, and, and I would say this uh and social media is a wonderful place to watch it unfold is that a lot of hate stems from jealousy and so you know if you've got haters then you're being noticed and quite frankly a lot of times if you dig deep enough into it um maybe they you know, deep down inside, want to do what you're doing or some of what you're doing, you know, maybe they wouldn't do it the exact same way, but they do see that it's valuable to you. You know, it's not for everything, but I, I do think that a lot of hate stems from jealousy. I, I think you're definitely right on about that. And that's why it's like with a true abundance mindset, the whole idea that like only, only you can be you, Chad, like no one else can try to duplicate you or be like you. Um, well, Mel and I think dentistry is a good go for a while, uh, <laughs> but we'll just he, he looks there. a lot older though, yeah, you know, we'll leave that there. Yeah. 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 They, they should use you as a double for any time he wants to look young and handsome. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the idea that I think dentistry is better when people step up and occupy the space that only they can occupy, because, um, it's almost like if your friend, Dr. Jennifer Bell was somehow not connected to you guys because somehow she didn't go to that show where you guys met or something like that. Um, or when you talked to her, she was like, Oh, I don't think I'm ready yet. Maybe I'm not qualified or it's a little too scary. Like dinks wouldn't be what it is today without that confluence of her strengths as well. And I wouldn't have started a podcast three and a half years ago. If Dr. House wasn't like, let's do this together. Like, let's go for it. Yeah. But, but like, I'd only met her because she already was in motion leading doing something different. And that's how all of a sudden you, it's like almost, I don't want to say like make it too woo woo, but like someone in motion recognizes someone else that's in motion. Someone that's wanting to make a difference and, and change and is inspiring. It's like, you can tell when someone else is of that same sort of energy, so to speak. And that's why it's like when someone just gets up and says, Hey, you know what? Why not me? Let me, let me just step up, lead the way I, I see, you know, here it's COVID things are shut down. What do we do? We start a Facebook group and look what's happened. I think that's what makes dentistry great. Cause I don't know who I need to meet at the next conference I go to, 
But if they're playing it small and they're second guessing, they're not going to be there. No, no. And, and you don't know what business could form or what solution or what value could come. So that's why it's like, I'm always encouraging people like, stop being afraid of what you can't control. And you can't, you can never predict the market. You guys had no clue that Dinks would actually catch on, gain a following and be something that's as instrumental as it is. And I'm so thankful you didn't give up. Was there ever a time when you guys were like a little disillusioned and you kind of just thought, is this really making any difference and you wanted to give up? No, I don't think there's ever been that. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think that we each have a Wednesday where you're like, oh, I just want to kick my feet up. I just want to go to sleep. I just want to make some excuse of why I'm not accessible. But like, um, you know, for instance, uh, last night we, we had a, sometimes we have guests for months out. Okay. Last night we had a guest that, um, you know, when we were meeting this weekend and there's a number of reasons that we haven't been booking out as far right now, but we realized, okay, Hey guys, we need a guest for this week. And Dr. Horowitz is like, Hey man, I'm going to be in Germany. So you also need a, you know, you two are running it. So we kind of said, all right, let's do something different this week. Let's have a guest host. So we put together a list of guest hosts. First person that we go out to, uh, give him a shout out, Dr. Adamo, Notre Antonio, great dentist in the cosmetic world. Uh, wonderful human being, great story talk about innovation. I think he's somebody you need to speak with. I said, Adamo, you want to come and host with us on Wednesday night? And right away. Absolutely. Um, and so we said, okay, I said, Hey, do you have anybody you want to be a guest? Yeah. Chris Ramsey. So I said, all right. So anyhow, Chris, I'll give Chris a shout out to fantastic dentist, fantastic human being. Chris, send him a message. On Monday, I said, hey, man, I guess you're going to be our guest this week. And he responds, for what? I was like, uh, for the podcast. You talked to Adama about it. Oh, yeah, man, I'm in. Whatever. So anyhow, I said, send me a bio. Send me a headshot. I'll get the graphics going. We'll get everything out there. Well, yesterday, the podcast starts at 7. I get everything from Chris. He's like, oh, crap, I forgot. Here it is, 4 o'clock. And you're just like, okay, this could be really good. This could be really bad. Excuse me, I'm sorry, and I, and I and I would say this to Chris, just because I didn't know what was going to happen. Well, anyways, uh, we got Chris on there. He showed up, and the stories that he told, and the way that he positioned who he is in dentistry, and that's the way that it always works out. You know, the times that you're kind of sometimes the most apprehensive as to where is this going to go, what's going to happen, and you leave, and you're the most impressed. And we're all texting each other afterwards. That was a great show. That was so well received. That was such a great message. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what keeps us coming back. You know, it's, it's, and it's, there's going to be another week that I'm tired, but you know what? That's, that's, that's my new job. That's my job. That's Wednesday night at seven o'clock. And I'm always going to be a hard worker, no matter what job I'm doing. And, you know, I look at it as a fun job because I'm obviously not getting paid for it, but it's a fun job. And, you know, so, so that it, it all works out in the end, uh, you know, and I don't know, I went off on a tangent. Sorry, buddy. Well, I think part of what, no, but part of what you're saying is even this like idea of like, we would love to have clarity on like perfectly planned, right? Cause in dentistry, again, you planned, you plan as much as you can because you want a predictive outcome. You, you need that clinically. Like there, no one's saying, hey, go ahead and start winging stuff the second you you meet up with the patient. Don't have a clue what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but there's something about in the business world where like the, even Jeff Bezos says he's fine with only 70% certainty, which means 30% uncertainty. He's fine making gambles on big decisions with 30% of, eh, I have no idea. And I think... For a lot of type A dentists that want to have every duck in a row, they want to make sure the market research is there to make sure that um, we're 99% sure this idea is going to work. You beat the horse dead. Like, you, yeah. no, don't, don't wait till 99%. That could take two years to wait to 99%. Like, be fine launching at 70 and then letting the market tell you, uh, you need to just change it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, 
that that was almost good, but maybe the messaging's a little off. And then you actually are learning, you know, um, and the fact that, again, you guys had this episode and didn't exactly have it scripted, perfectly prepped, perfectly planned. And it was amazing. That That's just a testament to that. No, it was. And, you know, um, one of the things I want to say, you made me, you made me think about this a lot throughout this, this, uh, this podcast and, and, um, you know, sometimes things just kind of come to your head, but you're, you're really good at what you do. And I like to think that I'm really good at, at what I do. You know, I'm a dentist. Um, but I don't mean this to come across the wrong way, but what I do is a means to an end. Okay. Dentistry is a wonderful profession. It's been very good to me for the past 23 years. Uh, it puts food on the table. It, it, it affords us some really nice things, but you know, all of that being said, when I'm gone, I don't want my headstone to say Chad Duplantis was a really good dentist. Chad Duplantis was a really good dink. You know, I want that headstone to say Chad was a really good dude. He had a hell of a family. Uh, he was a good father. He was a good husband. He had a strong faith. That's what I want that headstone to say. I'll always be good at the other things. And if I keep that foundation of doing what's right for my family, doing what's right for my, you know, my kids and doing what's right for me to go to bed at night and not, you know, and sleep well, then that's, that's what I want to be remembered by. And, you know, like I said, I don't mean it negatively that dentistry is not a means to an end. I mean, it, you know, when I say it's a means to an end, I, I love what I do, but I don't want that to define me. And, and I hope that that message comes across in whoever I speak to. Uh, it's going to be about dentistry, but you're going to get to see the real me, you know? And, um, and I think that's really well, important that we stick to who we are. Let me affirm that because I was actually going to kind of tie that into my clothes, which is soon. But before that, I honestly wanted to say, like, you are playing the long game, whether you realize it or not, because you're a man of integrity. Chad, like when I met you, I knew you were who you said you were. And because of that, you earned the hardest thing that anyone can earn, and that's trust. And in life, anywhere, all we're doing is brokering trust with other people. And if I feel like you're playing the short game and you're doing what's in the best interest for Chad and you're constantly trying to get ahead while walking on other people, I'd be like, oh man, like I don't want to do business with this guy. But you've constantly stayed as like, man, Chad, no matter what comes up, I know, um, like, like I've told you before, if all of a sudden there's a business and I want some clinical director or I'm talking to you because I know you are someone I can trust. And that is the most important thing, not just for me, I would say for any business person. When it comes to partnerships, when it comes to anyone, it's not about their excellence. It's not about their skill. At the end of the day, it's about, but also, can I, can I actually trust them, their character, Very true. who they are? And through and through, that is you. And if our listener is like, I don't know if that's me, you got to work on that or else you're not going to get anywhere long term because dentistry is small enough that stories get around yeah. you got to do right by people right yeah, that's very very true man that's very true stories do get around <laughs> so but yeah no, okay I, so i appreciate that so thank you i feel um, the same way my friend well thank you thank you chad okay so i'm a i have one question for the close but before that is there anyone just in the spirit of honor that you would like to uh to honor that was kind of like a, a mentor um yeah, just for you, you in, in either dentistry or on the business side of things. Man, you know, there's a lot. Uh, but I think most recently, since we've been talking about uh, my journey in education, I mean, obviously, two of my biggest mentors in life that 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 they don't know uh, this, but it's it's Jeff and Jennifer, my partners. I learned so much from them on a daily basis. Uh, my wife is, is a mentor. I learned so much from her on a daily basis. My kids are mentors. I mean, who says that about their kids? I don't know. I mean, my kids, I learned so much from them. Uh, you know, but, uh, if, if we're going to go to dentistry, I'm going to have to give a shout out to, um, Lou Graham. Uh, Lou Graham is, uh, 
founder of Catapult Education. He's a wonderful speaker. And, you know, Lou Graham could be talking about selling ice to the Eskimos and people would want to hear him talk about it. And Lou is, and, and, I, and I say that facetiously because he's one hell of an educator, but um, Lou, Lou uh, really kind of helped my path forward in dentistry um, through speaking. And so I'm forever grateful for that. I'm no longer a member of Catapult, but it will always hold a, a place very near and dear to my heart. So um, if we're, since that's kind of the topic of today, where we are right now, I'd have to give Lou a lot of credit. Well, um, thank you. If our listeners right now are like, hey, I want to find out more about Chad or what he's doing or connected Dinks, where do you want their eyes going? Uh, I would love for them to, you know, start by uh, joining our Facebook group, uh, Dentist in the Know. Uh, if you're not a Facebook person, we're on Instagram, uh, YouTube, podcast can be wherever you get your podcast from. Um, I hope that uh, we will always maintain our mission of providing valuable information and education to the dental public. And, um, you know, we just love to have you. Okay, so Chad, do you know what my closing question is? Are, are you ready for it or, or you have I'm no idea? I'm ready for it. Okay. So here you are, you're walking down the street and off in the distance, you see a younger, more handsome, 18-year-old version of yourself. Maybe he's not young, more handsome, but he's younger. And you only have one sentiment, time for one sentiment to communicate to 18-year-old Chad. And again, the, the assumption is you can live your life over from 18, like that, that, you know what I mean? So what do you say to him? Hmm. That's very deep. Uh, but I think what I would say is whatever you do, live life to the fullest, have no regrets and have a boatload of fun because life is too short to not have any fun. So that is the message to the listeners today. Um, Chad, it has been such a gift. It's been so easy just to honor you as an innovator, as someone that literally is pioneering positive change, not just to your patients, not just to every dentist you talk to as you're speaking across the country, but also just through Dennis in the Know, what you guys are doing to encourage um, to, to bring, I don't know, just to even make dentistry entertaining and interesting and keep people in the loop. Like, I love what you're doing. I'm 100% in your corner behind you, Dr. Horowitz and Dr. Bell. But again, just thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening and be sure to follow so you never miss an episode. To learn more about what's going on in dentistry, check out innovationindentistry.com. 